Good job, Isla. Good job. I'm very proud of you. She has been killing it today. Hey, guys, brand new podcast. Uh, at the end of it, uh, my wife, Leanne, is here. She's not speaking into the mic because she's not a professional. She is going to, her and I are going to do um, those she incinerating and I. toilets. She Sock, and I. by the way. Uh, we're going to do a black sales recap. The finale was last week. Um, today's podcast, very quickly before I get into details, I want to make sure you know that my buddy Steve Byrne and Gary Cannon, both my friends, came and did this podcast. Steve Byrne has a Showtime special airing this Friday. It'll be on Showtime all month. You'll catch it nonstop all month. It's called Tell the Damn Joke. It airs at 9 p.m. this Friday on Showtime. I've known Steve for almost as long as I've been doing stand-up. He is one of my close friends. We have a great conversation. I just I want to make sure that you know is to watch his special, to DVR it, and, and those little steps you take to just share a tweet or share something on Facebook or, or take the minute to repost his his bits from that he posts on Instagram, they really mean a great deal. They really genuinely do. A share is better than a view these days. Tell the damn joke this Friday on Showtime at 9 p.m., Steve Byrne, Gary Cannon, Real quick, I want to talk today about my sponsor. I got this sponsor, and at first I thought, I don't want to mess around with a sponsor that doesn't apply to me. And then I realized how I'm going to make today's sponsor, ZipRecruiter, apply to me. Are you hiring? You know, it's so funny. I've been wanting to hire for a long time. I've been looking for a production assistant to work with me for a long time. Do you know where to post these jobs to find the best candidate? Honestly, I don't. I had no fucking idea. I just said it out loud on my podcast. Posting your jobs in one place isn't enough to find the qualifying candidate. No shit. I've been saying it out loud on the podcast. I get it. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post all post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Finding Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. That's what I'm looking for. Just one post and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. I will be using ZipRecruiter to look for this production assistant who you will hear on this podcast. They will be hired through ZipRecruiter. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies, and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. Are you sure it's Fortune 100? Yeah. It's not Fortune 500? No, it's Fortune 100. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I've never heard of Fortune 100. Yeah, well, it's the top 100. Who only cares about the bottom 400? (laughs) And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast and see if you can beat me there because I will be posting tonight to ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. Motherfucker. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast to look for someone to help me with my podcast and all the production stuff I'm doing. Why am I doing it? Honestly, this is the one part that sailed me, sold me. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Ladies and gentlemen, 
You've heard me talk about this forever on this podcast. Go to ZipRecruiter.com. You can do it for free. Go to slash Birdcast. I hope that was stylized enough. Now i got to go to ZipRecruiter, Leanne. I know. Um, Very exciting. I should have said my tour dates first. Uh, real quick, tour dates are all selling out very quickly. Uh, I will, uh, Denver is, uh, I think sold out. I think Denver sold out and that's in August. So, but we're going to add another wow. show. It's in August. It's in August. And it's already sold out. Yeah. Holy cow. And I didn't so, realize that. Yeah. And so, um, I honestly, I think there's like eight tickets left and then they're going to, we're going to add another show. Um, we haven't added it yet. So if you're still in Denver, you can go run and get tickets. I think they just called today. Uh, Detroit is also sold out. Uh, Wait, sin- Detroit is sold out too? Yeah, Detroit's sold out. Don't act so surprised. Why? I'm supposed to be a big shot. Yeah, but I can't keep up with it. Um, wise Guys, Salt Lake City, Thursday is definitely not sold out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to be at Wise Guys the 13th, 14th, and 15th of April. Stand up uh, live in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, get your tickets now. Though That will sell out, as will the Wild West Comedy Festival. The 21st, 22nd, and I thought the 23rd, but it's not on my calendar. Maybe it's just the 21st and 22nd. Oh, that would be nice. I'm doing a call-in-sick-to-work show. Uh, listen, I'm going to be doing a live call-in-sick-to-work show podcast. I'm going to change the format of it this time and see if it can be more fun. I kind of want to tell you who my guests are because I think you're going to get really excited because it's, it's going to be fucking awesome. It may, I may have three guests. I may have a guy who's been disappeared in Asia for a while on the podcast. I can't say his name. But, but he's going to be reappeared. But he's going to be reappeared from Asia, hopefully that weekend. I don't know. And uh, and then two other comics. Fuck it. Nate Bargazzi and Sean Patton. I'm so excited. Sean, if you haven't, he was they're, they're, bo- they're both hilarious comics. And we're just going to do a live party podcast, I think, Thursday morning at like Thursday morning at like noon or 1 o'clock, I think. Uh, and we will be drinking, and it's going to get fun, and it's going to get crazy. And, uh, and we're going to be doing it for... Something bigger, but I'm going to release it on this podcast. So should be fun. Hopefully I can do more of those and make those call and stick to work shows, live events like that. Um, Yuck Yucks Canada in Calgary, the 27th, 28th, 29th. Detroit sold out. Cincinnati's getting close to sold out. So get your tickets at Liberty Township. I'm only there two nights, four shows. Um, Crapshoot Comedy Festival in Vegas on the 19th. And Bisbee, I love just saying this, Bisbee sold out. In record fucking time. I swear to God, Chaley posted it. It's me and Stanhope doing a swap cast. Chaley posted it, and no sooner did he post it that it sold out. That is more a testament of Doug Stanhope and not me. Uh, I can promise you that. That and the fact that it's like a 25-seat theater. So, <laughs> all right. Today's podcast, I've already announced it, uh, but I will say it one more time if you're still listening to this long-winded intro. at seven minutes. Not I've, I've done worse. Um <clears throat> Uh, both of these guys uh, I know very well. I've worked with Gary a bunch. Gary was the warm-up guy for Steve, and Gary and Steve have a podcast called uh, called uh, uh, Gentleman's Dojo. Um, Steve I've known since in, we were in New York. We toured for together on Jameson's Comedy. He has also had a show called Sullivan Sons on TBS for three years, and I think that was what I was most fascinated to talk to him about because he dealt with its 
success and its cancellation and then rebounded and now has a Showtime special uh, that airs Friday at 9 p.m. Enough of the ads, Bert. Guys, let's listen to the podcast. Uh, my guests, Gary Cannon and Steve Byrne. This is Hello. That one's hot. Go ahead, Steve. Hello, hello, here. hello. One, two, Perfect. three, four. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. You right there? Check, 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 check. You're a little check. hot. Chick, chick, coming in hot. Okay, I think we're all sound good. Okay. Um, six, six, check, six, check. Yeah. check. Uh, guys, welcome to my dojo. <laughs> wow, you don't waste any time getting this thing started. <laughs> Jumps right in. This place is awesome. Love by the, the way. intro music. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the- this isn't like a man. This is more a study. This thing's. Fu- I love this fucking yeah. room. Yeah, it's gorgeous. What was this originally? This room. Um, it was a woodworking shop. So the garage is next to us, and there mm-hmm. was a door. There was a door going out that way. This was all closed off, and there was a door connecting it to the garage. And then they closed off that door, and then opened this up. I mean, I'll put it in perspective. When we got this house, mm-hmm. we had looked at buying doors like that. I couldn't afford those doors. Yeah, like I remember when we had. I was like, I'll get some French doors, and I was like, Oh, I can't afford those doors now. Yeah, and so I was like, They spent like a hundred eighty-six thousand dollars on this room. Sorry. Wow, is this is this the that, cave the funny bone built? No, no, Would you that, consider- I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't spend that money. <laughs> we didn't. So normally they they make you um, they make you you have to like do all the demo. You've got to raise the foundation and get all the. You've got to get it up to specs and get it all the. That's how they do these cooking shows or these right. food, the building shows is you do all the shit and then they come in and put the finishing touches on. Oh, okay. and so they're only there for three days, but they came. Because a uh, little, I don't know if this is gossip, but Adam Richman from Man vs. Food was supposed to get one. Oh, okay. And uh, and it didn't work out. It was it was super complicated. And Did he call them cunts? Uh-huh. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. It was like it was like they just You're thinking the other Adam Richman. Oh, oh. oh. Is he still sorry. Not Did he? Yeah. Did he molest them? <laughs> I get a little frisky sometimes. What are you going to do, huh? I mean, come on. You know what's so crazy, though? I knew a bunch of comics that used to take their dicks out and just start jerking off. Let me just say this. I I know Adam. I'm friends with him. I side with him. I I really don't. I mean, because the story that he tells about, I'm I'm making the joke, but I I like Adam. So that's why I've known Adam for. I think he's a great dude. I I don't know. It just it seems like it's one of those. He got a little situations where, yeah, where it could be skewed. I think if he had really done something bad, he would have never said what he said to the cops. Like, of course. I, I got a little frisky. Like, yeah, what yeah, do you yeah. care? Yeah. Like, if shit happens. Like, when I get drunk, I get a little crazy. The server invited you know him back. That. If you really rape someone, you don't go, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the deal. The server yeah. invited him back after the show. So, I mean, that's, you know, kind of what yeah. was interesting about the whole thing. Yeah. But, uh, and it stinks that the word uh, rape just doesn't have, there's, there's not like a rape light. You know, like, there's not, <laughs> it's just rape. And then you're like. Oh, fucking rape, huh? Right, there's yeah, no... Well, did you hear the stuff that, that came out about Bill O'Reilly today and all that shit about what he was saying to these women? I mean, no. it's pretty crazy about, you know, all this these sexual harassment suits. I was hoping you would know because I don't know the whole story. <laughs> I was trying to look smart by saying... But they paid $13 million <laughs> to cover up... Yeah, lawsuits. For, of, to, like, pay out lawsuits. But but wow. they have these these messages, these dialogue messages between him and these 
women about, you know, you're going to meet me at the hotel. You're going to get in the shower while I order room service. Then I'm going to come in and you're going to have your back turned towards me. And it's just like I shut it off then because I came. But, you know, um, I don't remember the specifics. <laughs> I bet his whole house is just French doors. <laughs> you can afford it. <laughs> so, so this so this this was paid for by the so, show. Yeah, so Adam Richman. Wow. Um, not the. Not the <laughs> comic. <laughs> Not the comic. But we get, you get derailed every time I talk and bring up Adam Richman. Um, Adam Richman uh, didn't get one. He was supposed to get one. So they yeah. had money for two of us. Oh, wow. Oh, and then nice. and then uh, his didn't come through. It was really difficult. It was in Brooklyn. Uh, he didn't necessarily have a place for a man cave. It would have been like a renovation. And then they were going to build him a, a trailer. It, it was like all these different things. And then at the end, they were like, fuck it. Let's just give it all to Bert. Oh wow! And so That's I got awesome. for both of the shows, I got all the stuff they would have oh, done. Oh wow! Hence the two TVs, the wine refrigerator, and the kegerator. <laughs> like if you notice, there's almost doubles of everything in here. Yeah. What the? F- yeah. yeah. It's so it's. Uh, Do you need two TVs in here? No. I yeah, not <laughs> no. at all. I, to be honest with you, I'll tell you the odd thing is I can't take naps in here. Yeah. I can, I've never been able to sleep in here. Uh, like it, that's what stinks. My speciality, it? and you can't jack off in here because you have big yeah, yeah. windows. Well, I could take a nap in here. The minute I walked in here, I saw comfortably dumb, and I was like, "Oh, time to take a nap." <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> the reason why we're here is to promote Steve's special on Friday. So no, come Friday, I, you'll be able you know, to take a nap on Showtime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, There's where your nap comes in, Bert. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Test this room on Friday night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We need one viewer. <laughs> what, did you, <laughs> what did you? What did you name your special? Tell the damn joke. Tell the damn joke. It's a callback to what Jess says. My wife, uh, yeah. when I I asked her permission to do a joke about her ass, which is a little big, or <laughs> bigger, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I called it. So, do you do the joke about? There's a joke that you were working on a long time ago, and I'm assuming it's got to be in the special that I think of. Honestly, probably once a week, and that is, uh, how many fucking movies are going to make about the Holocaust? <laughs> oh, that was in my second hour. Yeah, yeah that was in Burn Identity. But yeah, I, I, I you're like, like you're yeah. like, I, 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 I want to go pitch a movie called The Titanic. Yeah, and go, yeah, 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 but from two other people's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it's instead like, of him calling it "tell the damn joke," he should have been calling it "tell a damn joke." Tell a damn joke. There we go. Are we live? Are these things on? Are we live? Is my Twitter feed blowing up right now? What? <laughs> what? I'm good. I don't need any M and M's. Did you? Did you, you want M and M's? Holy you know, shit! You know that's, that's why I saw them. I have yeah. so many fucking. Yeah. Ca- that's the girls. The girls can get away with putting candy in here, and it doesn't. And they're just like, they're like, oh, it's it's Dad's man cave. There's candy in there, and then they just come back. Isla's the one. She's got a fucking real problem. She's got all my uh, my low reward standards. She's like you, but with booze. <laughs> yeah, she's the way I am with booze. I was on a. We were in a. This is a probably. That's a, I can tell you when this was. Isla had just been born. This was ten years ago. Ten years ago, Steve and I were doing the Jameson tour. Okay, and we were we were in. Seattle. He went through a case. In two weeks, by the way. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember this, but Gardell and I were like fascinated. We were blown away that. So before you go on this tour, this is the first time. I think it was like the the first time we're all gone. Yeah. So Jameson sends you a case of Jameson. Oh wow! And two weeks later, we go on tour, 
And so we're all at the first gig, and Bert's like, yeah, I already finished mine. You guys? I'm like, I haven't even opened it. Um, I, mean, I drank a bottle the first night. It was okay. I was like, how did you go through a case of two weeks, dude? Poor, we, that, we did that first day together. It was in... Um, it was in Seattle at that laughs place where the, I think, yeah, I think right, the guy was yeah. a Christian. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he was like, he was like, yeah, no dirty jokes. And my opening joke was Jameson tastes so good. If cock tastes like Jameson, I'd have bruised knees. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Alan fucking freaked out. Alan went off the rails. Oh my God. That's right. Alan. I, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fucking really fun tour. Do you remember what time we found out that that girl fucked uh Penn and Teller? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she banged both of them. No, she banged one of them. But Nick Griffin, who did not speak at all, like he was way. like teller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was the teller of the group, He's like the teller of our group. Yeah, he, he found out that she had fucked uh, with a big one, whichever one that is, Pendulette. Pen, yeah, Pendulette. And he lost his fucking mind. <laughs> you sucked his dick. You, he ate your pussy. Like it was the funniest. That was the funnest. That was a really fun tour. You seem to have always done that. Like had made touring enjoyable. Are you it guys, was fun. You guys tour, was, touring now right now? We tour together yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've never fun. been I mean, able it's... to do that. I've never been able to lock down like a guy that tours with me. Yeah. Or even like I, like. That's what Rogan was saying. He's like, oh, you got to tour with someone. It makes it so much fun, more fun. But I think for anybody that, that's going to open for you, it's tough to keep up with you mm-hmm. because I was I, – I've literally – I'm not making this up. I've, I've had so many conversations the last few weeks. I worked with Brad Williams last weekend in Cleveland and just so many people. Your name has come up and we're all like fascinated. It's just like we, we don't know how you, <laughs> how you do it like with, with like the consumption of alcohol – but then to put on a great show and not like like when I slur I'm done I'm I'm just like I'm done. Uh, but it seems like that never happens to you. Is that true? Yeah, I've never seen you slur. And I've I've been out with you on nights where you're just like you are fucking on fire and you keep it going and there's nobody more fun to hang out with. And I'm just like I, I think back on all those times we went on jam. I'm like, was there ever a breaking point? Because you never slurred. It was like it was crazy. Well, I don't. I, I think I I think I. I don't look as drunk. I, I'm. I don't act as drunk as I am. Yeah. And I think once I get drunk, I just go to bed. But I don't really get that. I mean, I get pretty fucking hammered. Those. I remember telling you. I remember you <laughs> and I were the. We started doing those contests after the show. Oh God! In Minnesota, he, he like bar games. Yeah. He, he would just get the he Bert. You know, he invites the whole crowd to the sure. bar afterwards. I mean, this is such. This is like. This is. Probably exactly what my therapist would say uh, A direct effect of my low self-esteem um, I knew That my bar bills were through the roof That that the people who were coming to my shows Were drinking like fucking lunatics And Tony Baldino one time said to me You know Nothing for nothing If you bring him out to the bar tonight And you can keep him here until 2 in the morning I'll give you your bonus And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, you'll make me an extra 3 grand in bar sales I wouldn't have had Wow And so I was like, done so I yeah. st- and 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 then keeping them at the improv bar. Yeah, keep them at the improv wow. bar. Don't let them go out. Let them keep those drinks. So I started doing that then. Then when we went, we went to Minneapolis one time. Me and Steve. Well, no, we were in Chicago again. We yeah. were in Chicago, and I said, "Let's do a game." We did. Uh, it was uh, beat Bert. We had to. I, the video's online. Steve shot it and hosted it, and I said, "Made everyone hold pints 
like in in a crucifix position. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and see how who can hold him up the longest. What they didn't know was that that was the only exercise I ever did. <laughs> Was sidearm raises on my sh- for shoulders, and so- but you are deceivingly athletic yes. because you are. Uh, I've been golfing with you. Yeah. We used to play home run derby. Our thing was we used to go. Home run the- derby was the fucking best, the fucking greatest. But Bert fucking straight up bombs. I'm talking bombing it, uh, not just over the fence, like <laughs> like way past the fence. It, I think like you and Ren Azizi had stroke. Yeah, because Ren is easy actually played, but I mean there was like a pure, you know, like Chris Farley. He was so funny and goofy, but you could tell that dude was pretty athletic. Oh yeah, I'm not saying you're like Farley, but I know what you're saying. But <laughs> I know what you're saying. No, but you're like a genuine dude driving a golf ball, just brute strength. I, I was I was always fascinated by that. That's so interesting. I'm I, I the, I'm equally as fascinated by your. Uh, there's this thing you have where I'm like dying to know what your marketing plan is. For the for your hour special because you're someone that has this is it. <laughs> <laughs> then you're gonna watch it on Friday. Yeah, this is it? So yeah. for the best, <laughs> fingers crossed. He's also calling into 7:40 a.m. later this week. Hoping yeah. for the best on that. I'm calling in, yeah. <laughs> right after the school closing, Steve's got a spot. <laughs> What's is this your fourth special? Fourth one, yeah. Nice, yeah. But how do, how was yours received on Showtime? And did you see a bump or there? There's like I, I have so many comics I've talked to. They talk about how even like this round, I no talk shows. I couldn't get a one talk show, and they said there's so many hour specials now. It's almost like the bookers they don't give a shit. Now that's what they could have been telling me. No, that's but true. That's even what JP try, JP Buck yeah. relayed, and I'm friends with the guy, and I was like. Yeah, I guess so. When it's I hosted that show of... a couple nights ago at the Viper Room, every comic I brought up to the stage said, mention my hour special. Wow. Yeah, and a lot of these people weren't even comics. <laughs> a lot of chefs. <laughs> fucking, can I tell you, I'm, I'm irate with how many chefs have fucking TV shows. I'm like, yeah. enough, guys. I got into the entertainment business to get on TV. What the fuck? Like, I should have just gone to culinary school. Yeah. And, Wait, you just and, shot and, a cooking show. I just, I just shot a cooking you show. You just shot a cooking show in her. Fuck it. Fuck you, the on a cooking show. <laughs> but how, how, how was it received this time on, on that platform, uh, The Machine? Mm, By the way, which was great. Not Okay, very candidly, not, not huge. Um, okay, it was middle of the list of the specials they released that year. Yeah, middle of the list. Um, now, granted, the ones ahead of it were like Martin Lawrence. They were bigger ones. Yeah, but it was middle of the list. It wasn't like it was the one of the top DVR specials. Oh, that's great. Um, that they released last year. Yeah. Uh, but and so and so I like I I came out and I didn't see a bump at all of November, all of December, but then. I got the right to release clips from the special, and I released four clips, mm-hmm. and the and they all went semi-viral. Yeah. So the machine story went viral, like legit, like twenty-five million views, and then like everyone else got like five million, six million views. Wow. All on Facebook. Are you releasing clips? Yeah, I I've do that. Done do that one, but yeah, do that sooner as opposed to later. Yeah, because like I started, I just started releasing. I'm like, I just didn't even think about it, and I was mm-hmm. like, fuck, in December I'll just release one, and then yeah. that and that changed my touring. Right now, I haven't had I haven't had a, a show that hasn't been sold out oh, since great. January. Wow, but and it's just because of that fucking machine clip mm-hmm. and machine clip and the Rachel Ray clip are the two ones that went <laughs> went big. But uh, the show the right before that, nothing. I mean, like. Yeah, they were, I remember they comp papered the room in Dayton, papered the room in Toledo, papered the room in. I mean, 
for my New Year's Eve show, I got was papered. It was like, yeah. And then that was all right after the special. Then that once that clip went viral, then people started looking for the special or finding the special. That and some guy bootlegged it and put it online, and mm-hmm. he titled it um, "Funny Naked Man Talking" because I did it with my shirt off, <laughs> and that got like a million views. And yeah. I think I just like I wish I had just let everyone bootleg it the day it comes out. Just go, everyone, fucking put it on YouTube. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And I would say that to you. I would say that right now to my fans. If you can get a hold of Steve's special, put it on fucking YouTube so people can find it. Yeah. Because that was, you know, Showtime aired it a lot. Um, They air the shit out of those things. Oh, good. But, uh, but yeah, you got to, like, you got to hope for, Ralphie May told me, you got to hope for a snowstorm or something. Like, the day it comes out. Yeah, yeah. Because then if so there's a snowstorm, you get huge everybody's numbers. Inside. Yeah, I tried to get it on in the winter, but uh, to no avail. And by the way... A lot of people don't know this. Some guy remembered this uh, this weekend in Cleveland. He called he he called it out. He goes, "Hey, um, Romeo Horsecock, prison fuck toy, yeah. Bert Kreischer." I go, "Fucking right!" And I had done some podcast before. Where I talked and he heard me talk about it. When I did the burn identity at the end, Bobby Lee comes out right. at the end yeah. for the sausage party. I was supposed party. to do that, right? Kreischer was supposed to come out and do it because we were, we had just come off a tour for Jameson, and he had come up with Romeo Horsecock and sauce and um. And uh, prison fuck twin. I, I, he would just say those things randomly and stuff. And you got it on the bottle, of Jameson. I thought it was the fucking funniest. Oh thing. wow! So that's how yeah. I always had those two names from Kreischer. Yeah, the, that uh, that was fun. I remember Loftus hated it. He hated that we did that. He was like, "You guys are gonna fucking hurt somebody. You guys are gonna get sued." And we were it's like, been, we're, "We're like, what are the yeah. odds that happen?" And yeah, years of doing it. Nobody's we, ever gotten hurt. Yeah, we had it. That was a fucking. That was fun. So the, uh, you guys got to watch Steve's last special. Well, what Steve would do is he'd close. No, I'd close the shows, and Steve would just come out in the middle of my set, like, towards the end of my set. It was a great way to get me off stage too, because I would go long. Steve would just walk out in the middle of my set and just go, uh, "Hey, you want to do this?" And I'm like, "All right." And then, dude, what do you do? Are you, do you have anything big that you're closing your shows with now? No, I mean. I stopped doing Sausage Party for a while, and then Joe, Colin Jost used to open for me, and he's like, do you still do it? I'm like, no. He's like, you got to bring it out. He's like, it's such a fun, inclusive, joyous way, and the crowd just kind of goes to another level sometimes at the end of the shows, and I'm just like, hey, maybe I should do it. You know, yeah. when somebody's like revered as Jost is like, you should do it. I So I started doing it again, and it is a blast, but I mean – there's certain people that just gel with it, and you always gelled with it. Like I the shirt it. comes off, you always had these boots on, and I it do was donkey just kicks. So, I the donkey it. kicks. It was so fucking funny. Yeah, there's some guys you bring up on stage, you're worried about them, and then they turn it on. Yeah, and so damn funny. I mean, it's really you. Know, and there's there's nights where we'll go into the show, and Steve will say, eh, "Not feeling it tonight. Don't want to do sausage party." And I'll know in the back of my head once he gets rolling, he'll want to close with it, so I'll have the song queued up, and then I'll be like, "Gary, is the song ready?" And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> so it's, just, it's really funny just because I know once we get rolling that How he'll want to do it. How long have you guys been touring now together? Five? Yeah. No. Well, it started with Sullivan yeah, and Son. Yeah. No. It started with yeah. me opening for the Sullivan and Son tour back in, what, 2013? Yeah, and then once, this, once the tour yeah. ended, this, once the show got canceled, we had such a good rapport. He just came on the road with me. And then um, there was the relationship of him just constantly shitting on me and him never having accomplished anything in his career. And I was like, this is a fun dynamic. And we met with Alan, started doing... Uh, the Gentleman's Dojo, our own podcast on yeah. all things comedy, and that was that's been fun. It's been a, a little over a year, yeah. Well, and you did one of our first, I think, one of was, our first ones. He called in. You called. He in, was on yeah. a plane Wait, to Portland. You were you were going somewhere, and I remember that you're like, I'm at the airport. I'm I was like drinking at the airport. What I got, I, and that was my first question. I go, what, where, what bar are you at? What are you drinking? Right. Yeah. You were going somewhere, and I just remember yeah. you were you called in like early in the morning. 
Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. So what do you guys do? Are you dropping that once a week? We do it once a week. Yeah, we just interviewed Corey Feldman because um, we went to a show and it was fucking like we all went there like me, Porter, Glebe, Tone Bell, Gareth Reynolds. We're just and you know, Gareth was just yeah. here. Gareth's great. The greatest. You okay here? Yeah. And great. we went there thinking, OK, this is going to be an absolute shit show. We're here to just watch this beautiful disaster unfold in front of us. Yeah. And out comes Corey Feldman giving it 110 percent. On the tables, high-fiving people. Thank you so much for coming out. This means so much to me. Doing another tune. Thank you, guys. It's Sunday. I can't thank you enough. You're part of this special night for me. It's the first night of the tour with the Angels. You're just like, this dude fucking gets it. I mean, <laughs> right. I couldn't make fun of him. Yeah. And, and then we interviewed him. The nicest guy. The nicest guy considering all the things he's gone through. I read his book you know, as like a joke, and then I read it. I was like, I kind of feel bad, for that, you know, with all the child yeah. molestation stuff. He just hurt his leg or something. Sorry, he got molested. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the one that he's the one guy that's come out and kind of exposed this Hollywood pedophilia ring that's going on. Well, he was fucking hanging out with Michael Jackson. Yeah, did um, he say Michael Jackson fucked him. He did. No, he said that. We didn't really. He didn't. He didn't think that any of that stuff was true. I think it, he. And the the thing about Michael that you always hear is that he just wanted to be a kid so bad he just wanted to hang out with kids. And as fucked up, as perverted as it sounds to us, it's like there's a kid that's been famous since he was six and he just – he lives in a different universe. So that was always – And it was funny because when we – when Corey Feldman called in, he said, hey, I'm just getting to Madison, Wisconsin or Green Bay. He yeah. said, I don't have a lot of time. This, he was like really trying to brush things off. And we ended up talking to him for like 45 minutes. Yeah, he like ended he, up having a blast. So we're doing this Facebook Live show that he's doing. And he's doing like this telethon for four hours. If you want to do it, it's it's what like on that? a Monday. It's from it's like from noon to four or something. And he'll do songs, and then he has like different friends coming through. And you just come in, you'll get a time slot, and you just uh, kind of you can talk with him or you can do stand up, whatever you want. But it's just one of those things where it's like I grew up watching all these guys' yeah. movies, and it's like I don't know. He seems like a good dude. Oh, yeah, we were uh, we. I've I I first met him probably 15 years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. And but he would never know who I am. But I've seen I've run into him a bunch because we used to do the same type of television. Sadly enough, like he was a guest on the X show a lot. Oh, that's, that's and so great. and so. Uh, but the girls have watched Goonies, and so we're at this fucking laser tag place, and I see Corey Feldman, and I go, "Yo, Georgia." I go, "That's the guy from Goonies," and she was like, "What?" Oh my God! What's oh he doing God. working here? She goes, is he? Is he <laughs> she goes, is he like super famous now? And I was like, I mean, yeah, but no, he's not. He's like, he, he's not doing really acting anymore. Yeah. She was like, wait, how is that even possible? And I was like, yeah, that is kind of curious. How is yeah. it? Like, I'm sure if you saw Goonies, you're like, this kid's gonna be a star. Sure. Yeah. That's so cool that it was fun. Totally fun. And he's doing like a show in Pasadena and another show, I think, in L.A. in like two weeks. And I might go. And it's just like. But it's funny. When you got to that show, you were like, this is going to be a joke. Completely. I can't wait to just start goofing on it. And it was just not anything that what you thought it would be. It was not. Yeah. I, I wanted to. I wanted to make fun of it. And I couldn't. I was like, he's, he's a great performer. And we yeah. actually uh, today, Steve wasn't there because he had to do a separate podcast at All Things Comedy Studio. But today we interviewed Howie Mandel for our podcast. Really? Which was great. He was awesome. Wait, what podcast did you do today? <laughs> We both uh, did our Gentleman's Dojo, yeah, but yeah. Steve couldn't break away to join me because I had to do the Howie podcast at his production office in Van Nuys. Oh, okay. So we went there kind of mobile, and then Steve stayed in the studio to interview another guest that we have for coming up. Who? 
Uh, Will Burke. He's uh, one of the writer writer directors on Kimmel. And we we had him last week. We had to reschedule it. I just I I, I couldn't reschedule it. Yeah, on a third so I was time. like, okay, so I'll like, take the reins on this yeah, one. And, okay, you know, we just kind of you know. Yeah, I wish. I, there's a lot of regrets I have about how I started my podcast and what is what is in my like. I'd love to have done it with another person. It would have made things so fucking. You still can. Nah. <laughs> now now I'm now I'm so I, I would have liked that because I would have liked to have help in the lifting process right like someone booking guests that's the hardest part is getting people booked getting people booked so funny I got like three different people reaching out for you to me yeah and I was like at one point Rachel from all things comedy reached out to me and I was like I go why don't you just, just tell Steve to call me like yeah definitely he's always yeah. gonna come on my podcast just happen to call me and she was like well I'll just set it up and I was like Okay. Yeah. And then, and then even today, I like I got talked to Gary, and then I was like, "Wait, is Steve coming?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> Gary wants to bring his dog. Gary, you're What's so going on? fucking high maintenance. But, but we were Callahan's saying going to hear this and fucking destroy you. <laughs> we were saying something funny because I think Steve and I were doing the podcast. We were really excited about it at first. We were just putting different shows together. We interviewed uh, the guy who was in that movie, Atari Game Over. He created that game, Yars Revenge, but also created E.T. Yeah. Like, you know, so we, we were doing all these different things. We had Theo Fleurian. Uh, we, we had all of these different things. And then Steve and I were doing a podcast one Monday, and we just had on a comic, just a random comic. And I remember at the end of it, we both looked at each other. We're like, so we were just both so bored. You know what I mean? We're just like, it, it was just another comic. What's your favorite room to play? What's your and then we're just like, boy, it'd be great if we just really expanded this and do more of what we want to do rather than because it's just like you said with the, the bookings. Yeah. If you had somebody help with that, it's so much easier rather than it's Monday we got to fill studio time. I have someone help with it, but I I've been doing mine long enough that I know what I know what works and what right. doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, like I know what my fans like. Like number one, they yeah. love two guests. Yeah, they love two guests. If we're drinking, they love that even more. Yeah. Um, they love three hour podcasts. Yeah. They love, they love like, uh, but they, and they love comics. If you don't bring a comic in a lot of times they're like, I, a lot of times I'm not fucking interested. Like I don't have much to talk to you about. I had Lindsay Pellison. You know who that is? Uh, Lindsay Palos. I think I'm saying it right. She's an Instagram model. Okay. And I met her. I'd followed her. I saw the pictures. I saw that. Yeah. 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 She's beautiful. Yep. I meet her and I go, uh. Like an idiot, I just go, we should podcast. And then not realizing, oh, fuck, I got to talk to her for an hour. Right. Yeah. And then I have her in, and uh, she was fucking amazing. Oh, that's great. She was so interesting. I was like, and I was like, holy shit. And then I even, I mean, I'm actually kind of looking into doing a live. She wants to be a, a morning show uh, TV host. Oh, that's She's great. Like, Regis and Kelly. So I was like, fuck it. I'll book a theater, and we'll do a morning show. We'll do, I do a call and stick to work show. We'll do a morning show. Dude, that is, by the way... The most genius show oh. I've seen put together that he does on the road. I've heard of it. It's I don't know so what it is. I was going to ask smart. you about it. Oh, it's it is. Uh, you meet people at the club? Yeah, I do. I go in. I do radio. See, what was happening was I was going in and I was drinking at radio every time I went in radio because everyone's like, "The machine's here, let's drink." And so I was like, I'm, "I never said no to booze." So I'm like, "Okay." I was just at a radio station. I think like two weeks ago. I think it was like I was like in Philly or something, Preston and Steve. I saw the fireball. And I was like, oh, is Chrysler here? And they all started laughing. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, that's that's his fireball. Oh, Jesus it, it, Christ. When I did President Steve last, there was like two people that were like, by the way, we're only here in studio because it's our dream to do a shot with you. Yeah. And I was like, dream achieved. <laughs> but I was going in and How doing, many dreams are you going to do right dream now? Dream achieved. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was doing so much radio and I would go in and I would be drinking on radio yeah. that I said, uh, Elliot in the morning was the first one I said it to. I said, um, 
I go, I just wish I could just go right to the club and do a show and have everyone call in sick to work. Yeah. And I think Elliot was like, ah, that would be a great show name. And I was like, yes, yeah. it would. And so I called up Elliot the first time. And I just called in and I said, hey, I'm going to do a call in sick to work show. And it sold out in like 20 minutes. Wow. The last one sold out in a minute. Like they they sell it's out crazy. so fucking quick. Here's yeah. the problem. You can only make like five grand. <laughs> So you fly into a fucking city and just make five grand and you bail. Not everyone's going, five grand's a lot of money, Bert. No, it is. Yeah. But if you stay there for a weekend, you make more money. Yeah. But it, I, I, you're, I'm not going to charge anyone more than 20 bucks. I feel like that's a ripoff. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and then uh, the other thing is it cannibalizes my material. So like, I go to D.C. and there's, then there's 270 people that have seen the hour that I'm working on that I'm going to bring back to D.C. and do a weekend with. Right, right. So like, yeah. I'd like to make it a live show. I'm doing something very different. I'm doing a call and sick to work show on the Wild West Comedy Fest thing Wild yeah. West comedy thing what's yeah. it called Wild West Comedy Festival yeah. Oh, yeah. what, what, the fuck what days are you going to be there I'm there Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday fuck. I'm there Tuesday Wednesday and what? I leave Thursday because I have to go to Vermont <sighs> but yeah that's I've always wanted to go to that thing because like that's the one thing that I was like if, I, if I'll, I'll tell you two things very candidly yeah. if I could if I had a better gauge of um, if I knew you would never have said no I would have – two things differently I would have said. I would have called you and said, hey, I'd like to be a part of the Wild West Comedy Festival way earlier. Because it's been going on for like six years. Uh, this is the third year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but like I definitely – when that thing started, I went, yeah. that's something I want in my life. Like I want that. And I know that you're part of Vince and you're good friends with Vince. And yeah, so, yeah. Um, that – and I'll tell you the other thing that I genuinely regret. When you had the sitcom, I – I wish that I was a man enough to call you up and go, Steve, I'd like to audition. Because I would have loved to have been on your sitcom. Oh, but well, I didn't. I didn't. It happened and I just get embarrassed. So I was no, like, no, no. Well, here's the thing that most people don't know is that I had a list of a dozen guys that yeah. I had worked with that I tried without contacting them to, to fit them in the show. Okay. Yeah. And so you were you – were, one of the guys I proposed season two and season three, because the first season, you're just trying to get it up. Right. Once we found out we're, we're coming back, it's like, all right, now the doors are open. And because of <laughs> my, my fondness for you and the drinking aspect, I was at the beginning of each season, I would go in and I'd sit with the writers and I'd pitch different people. Yeah. Like to get Leslie Jones on was – she was she, – she wasn't Leslie Jones at the time, obviously. But you know it took – it was just pushing a boulder up a mountain really? every time with everybody. I tried to get Sebastian on. I tried to get and Bill Burr on. these are all like no-brainers that you would – I why yes. wouldn't they put Sebastian or Bill Burr or – So, uh, you know, it just – it was one of those things where every now and then it would work out yeah. with Caliendo. Oh, he does all the voices. And so the writer's room lights up. But if they didn't necessarily if, – if my showrunner didn't necessarily know who the comic was – I was just constantly selling and selling and selling. So I never wanted to reach out to my friends and go, hey, I'm trying to get you on. Because yeah. then, then if it doesn't work out, then I feel like a complete asshole. But I had this list of guys I was adamant about getting on, second season and third season, constantly. And it just, it, you know, as badly as you wanted it to happen, yeah. believe me, I wanted it to happen just as much. Oh, yeah. Um, I, 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 I met up with you guys when we were shooting – for Travel Channel, I met up with you guys in oh, Phoenix. Oh, God, in Phoenix. Right. That was yeah, so yeah. fun. And yeah, that's right. I was like, this is something I would have really liked. Like, yeah. In my head, I was like, I would have loved. I've always wanted. That's why I love the Jameson tour so much. And that's what, the one thing I am jealous about you guys. Like, I fucking, I'm, I am a pack animal by nature. Yeah. But for some reason, I'm like, I've gotten this career where I'm just always by myself. And I don't understand that. This is funny you're mentioning this, okay? Because I literally, 
I was leaving for Cleveland on Wednesday. Yeah. I love the club, but I love my kids. It's getting tougher and tougher to leave. My daughter cries now all the time when I leave. My son's a year and a half. And I'm just like, I remember sitting on the couch. I was taking a red eye and just just stared at me. She's like, if you don't leave soon, you know, you're going to miss your flight. And I just, I couldn't get motivated to get up. I'm like, it's been 20 years. I'm fucking drained. I don't know how much longer I can do this. And then I hung out with Porter. I'd seen his hour. I saw your hour. And th- there was like a there was like a circle of guys. I'm like, you know what? It's like we're all working. We're all comics. We're respected as comics. But we're not part of that crew. I think that it's like Nick Kroll will always be working. Mulaney will always be working. And, yeah. and so I was thinking of like reaching out to a handful of guys and creating – like this tour called the Industry Darlings, where where it's just a group of four or five comics that were road comics, but it's like you know what, let's just let's just tour and have fun and split the pie yeah. instead of all of us just going out and being isolated every weekend. It, it just gets to be run down. So maybe like yeah. me, you, Porter, Cannon, and like you know at, at least three headliners will have on it. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, See what you did to my dog? Oh, that's your dog. Yeah. What's up, Isla? Hi. Hey, how are you? Say hi to the puppy. Say hi. She's friendly. Be nice. What's up, Isla? Hi. I like your t-shirt. Dolly Parton. That's awesome. Hi. Hey, hey you're good. baby, you're what good. do you need? You're good. You're good. You're good. Oh, you going to bed? Aw. I love you. Send your sister out to get kisses. I love you. All right. We're doing a podcast, Isla. <laughs> Good night, hon. Good seeing you. Good night. All right, send your sister out quickly, though, okay? Let's keep the dog in. Um, no, but I, it's funny you say that because I would think you immediately – maybe the reason you don't feel the need to bring it an opener or a feature because – if you weren't doing what you do with the fans and hanging out afterwards, like then maybe you'd feel lonelier. But I think because you have that, I don't maybe know. that's better for you. I, don't know. I did the Wilbur the other uh, the, in January, mm-hmm. and uh, and um, it uh, it sold out. And I and I was behind the stage, mm-hmm. and it, I think this is the moment where you feel like, yeah, I'm going in the right direction. Yeah. And all I could think was, it's just me again. No one else, just me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, the right. only one. Like no, I wish I had a team with me that yeah. were like I could celebrate with. But I go, no, nah, it's just. I felt silly, like going, "Good job, Bert!" Like because I'm like, it's just me. It's yeah. just me. Like it's the one thing that, like, you know, like uh, Segura and I have always talked about it, like doing doing dates together in like yeah. in like Albuquerque or, or Montana. But it just it never fucking works out like that that's why i love the jameson tour that was like one of my favorite times doing stand up all you had to do is 20 minutes we all got paid fucking tons of money yeah but we all i i think everybody inspired each other too cuz yeah. that was the thing it was just like you know uh griffin's going before me i fucking love him i respect him so much it's like i don't want to drop the baton throughout the course of this cuz i'm passing it to gardell then gardell's passing it to you and you're closing and you know you take it to yeah. another level and it's just like I, you know everything just completely influenced me to want to be a better comic off of that jameson tour and i, f- I think if i was just opening for like shoemaker or something I, I wouldn't have choice you said him. I, but you know what I mean? Like a road dog that <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. brings people out on the road and stuff. I, I, I don't know that I would have um, 
had all those unique experiences in such a short amount of time because that's when I just moved to L.A. And then all of a sudden, you're getting to see every improv and funny bone across the country with four or five different killers. And it was like, oh, God, this is what it takes to to be a fucking headliner. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was uh, that was the it seems like that's something I would have gotten into. I, maybe, I, you know, it's like one of those other things. I remember a long time ago, me and um, Segura was said uh, to this guy that we were touring with. I think you know who he is, but I'm not going to say his name. So mm-hmm. I'm going through drama. But we were like, we should well, be great when we get to uh, all get to do a theater tour. And he was like, he was like, I'd never do a theater tour with you guys. You're not fucking famous. And we're like, yeah. And he's like, I need someone to help, help me sell tickets. You guys don't sell tickets. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Jesus. And then I was like, oh, well, and then, and then. Alonzo Bowden. It's Alonzo Bowden, yeah. <laughs> Adam like, Richmond. And then, but is that, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> the man versus food yeah. one. <laughs> um, but, I, but I just, uh, it's like, yeah, like I'm, je- like I'm not, I'm, is jealous in the right word, but it's like, I, you know, I, it would be cool to be like, like it's one thing I loved about Travel Channel, and I got to be honest with you, the product that I put out wasn't the best, but it was fun as fuck to do it. Yeah. Trip Flip was like a mediocre show at best, mm-hmm. but it was so fun traveling with eleven people. It was like having a band. Yeah, and I think that's what I always wanted in stand up is to have a band. But and then but you and, and Segura do so much together now, don't you? Yeah, but no, just we just on the on the podcast. Is that it or? No, not really. I mean, we just we just talk because you had the it. competition. The competition was yeah, which uh, was great. Was big. Um, but yeah, like, like we did Rogan together. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun doing Rogan together. Uh, we did two days in a row. We're going to do it three days in a row, but Rogan, but Segura's like, I can't talk fucking three days in a row. What are we going to say the third day? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. So funny. Your positions are exactly completely different because they're completely different. Cause you always bring guys on the road with you. You always, always. have those. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Like you, I, I just think it's, I, I, I run with that pack mentality like you do. I, I, it's like, I, yeah, I could be by myself. And I could even on Sullivan and Son, it's like, you know, to this day, my managers and agents gave me shit. They said, you go out on that tour, you make six figures, clean house, take it all for yourself in two or two or three months. I was like, no, I'm going to go out. I'm going to split everything 25 percent with the three other guys. So it's four of us. And then Gary will get a cut, too. And if all of us go out and do a good enough job and sell the brand well enough it'll sell the show then we'll sell the show it was fucking brilliant and so that was I was always like let's have a, a team mentality not uh, you know an individual and look it, it was probably stupid of me I probably should have gone out and sold my no. my name out there a little more because I it definitely I definitely took a step back during and after the show there was this you know because it just it, it really affected my career in in not a good way how so um I think that there was like at the time you got to remember like TBS is doing some single cams now and Angie Tribeca, but at the time there was this Tyler Perry label that gave people kind of the heebie-jeebies of like oh that's the Tyler Perry network and so then you got a sitcom on there and as great as it was of an experience it was fucking awesome it was the greatest there's still that like perception of of brand I guess amongst executives and everybody like JFL never did it. Three years, stand-up comic, own TV show, three other stand-ups. They never invited us. Uh, Late-night talk shows, never did one. Never did one to promote really? the, the thing. And then I had a third-hour special coming out the third season. So it's like a double whammy. It's like everything I've worked with, I, I felt like was garnered towards that, gearing towards that one year. Nothing. 
fucking nothing. Do you remember when Crickets. the Chicago Comedy Festival was going on? Was that JFL? And it was sponsored by TBS. Yeah. That was the first year our show was on. We had to get on the show. Fight to get on. And we they, gave, they gave you one show. the festival that TBS was, was doing. Yeah. Really? It was, it was absolutely crazy. And after, after the third season got canceled... You know, so we're not coming back for fourth. And then after you, you did three seasons, we did three seasons. And I talked then after... to Roy about I talked to Roy about that. Yeah, um, about that feeling that fe- uh, there's a feeling that I didn't realize all men have of this when a job ends or I mean, you don't technically get fired in this business, but it yeah. feels a lot. It looks like getting fired. and It feels like getting fired. Yeah, but they're not. They say we're, not, we're choosing not to move forward with the project. And you're like, yeah, OK, that's a nice way of saying you're fired. Yeah. Um, but it, it is there is a real there is a connective tissue that all grown men feel having lost a job that my friend lost a job and he just came up to me and I and Travel Channel had not we'd not moved forward with Travel Channel with uh, yeah. whatever and so I knew the feeling and I'm I'm in therapy I'm talking about it I talked to Roy and Roy knew the feeling Roy was telling me oh it, that's it's like a loss it's like a death yeah and then. And then I was. I said to Roy, I was like, I really want to talk to Steve about it because Steve, you don't, you don't strike me as someone who spends too much time on emotion. You just go, fuck it. Like, what's the next project? Yeah, I mean, there was definitely that. You know, I, I'm good at compartmentalizing all that stuff, but I think when you have a third season and then you have a third hour, and it seems like the industry doesn't care. Uh, it seems like people aren't coming out, and you're just putting, you're investing so much into these projects, and you're not seeing any uh any kickback from it then you know i i almost quit stand-up um about a year after that because it was just like it seems like you're putting all this work in and nobody gives a shit so it's like well what the fuck are you doing it for then and 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 going out on the road became definitely a job and that lasted for a good month or two but then you know you just pull your boot pull yourself up by the bootstraps and go fuck it but don't you think think about the next thing because i just remember this there was i think i think Sullivan was ending after three seasons with or without high ratings because if you look at their landscape, almost every show that they had, Men at Work, Ground Floor, all, all that stuff, it, yeah. well, they never renewed it. They never renewed them beyond two or three seasons. That was it. It was like three seasons and done. All of them yeah. were ten episodes. We were fortunate enough on that third season to get 13 episodes, which yeah. was unheard of. But I almost think regardless of what the ratings were, if they were good, bad, or indifferent, I think we were done. I think they were yeah, pulling it. the minute it. the new president came in, though, right. everybody knew. It's like, we're done. That's the, we're that's, that's yeah. the one thing that I was – I just wrote a joke about, which no one – no one would ever get this on the road, mm-hmm. but I wrote a joke about what it's like to get a new president in a network. And I was like, you know, it's amazing that as for the group of liberals that they are, mm-hmm. they sure act like Saddam Hussein because they just go <laughs> in and they're like, I'm going to call off names. I'm going to start dead. murdering people. Yeah. I want you to murder them with me. If you don't murder them with me, I'm murdering you. Yeah. And exactly. it's like, and I, I went through fucking four presidents, five presidents of travel channel. Jesus. And Christ. every time I just was like, you just watch people. It was just like a, like a massacre. Yeah. And then new president, and it was, I mean, if I had, I had, I've been fired from Travel Channel, I think three times, four times. Right. Just always fired, then they they, they were like, fuck, we need him. <laughs> and then like you'd sign a deal, and then only once did I not, did I, my deal get renewed immediately. Yeah. But like every, I got, I got fired after every season of Birth the Conqueror that ever aired. That's crazy. I got fired after the first one. I got fired after the second one. And I got fired after the third one. And w- what was the reason for them firing you? <laughs> they fucking, I have no idea. I mean, 
I got fired three times on the same show. The same show I got fired three times. When you get fired that second time, is it almost laughable because you know they're going to bring you back or you don't? You still don't know? No. The third, the second time I was like, I was like, okay. Like the first time they, it was, there was a new president. Yeah. She just did not like me. And she told me that. She flew me to D.C. to tell me, I don't like you. Yeah. And I was like. Jesus. Head back like, to the airport. <laughs> I, was, I was with, by the way, I was with two guys who were about to lose their jobs. They didn't know it. But she flew me out there and sat Charlie Parsons and uh, Matt Butler. And, uh. And and she was like, I do not like you. I don't like anything about you. I Googled you, and everything I find about you makes me dislike you more. And I was like – and I remember this guy, Charlie Parsons, going, this meeting's not going so good. Jesus <laughs> so, Christ. Why – like – what is her end game in, in even communicating that to you? Was there to tell me that uh, that she didn't make make sure that I knew she didn't like me? I think Jesus Christ, that's yeah. awful. It was really weird. Uh, the guy that he she brought in to uh, to replace Charlie Parsons, I think, was uh, came out. Uh, he doesn't know that I know this, but uh, everyone at the network that stayed at the network liked me. Yeah, and he came in, and there was a big poster of me in the thing, and his first day, and he was like, "Ooh." I'm a fucking. I ride roller coasters. <laughs> He's like, we will not be putting this idiot and shit like this on our network. And I was and pointing at me and and literally three people called. They're like, just give me a heads up. Don't trust Fred. And yeah. I was like, really? And they're like, do not trust Fred. Yeah. And so I was like, really? And they're like, he just mocked you in front of everyone. He doesn't like you. And then of course, what happens a lot of times with these networks is that they. They have a list of ideas that they are going to put their thumbprint on the network, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'll tell you right now, and, and Birth Conqueror has been canceled three times, and uh, it's it's airing again on Travel Channel. Yeah, and, yeah. So they started re-airing it because <laughs> a bunch of clips went viral on Birth Conqueror. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they're airing. I I walked in and I was watching Birth Conqueror. By the way, they buried this season. They did not want it to air. They buried it. No promotion. And then, uh, and then uh, Isla, my youngest, is watching it today. I go, what the, why would it be airing? But isn't it weird? So you're, you're saying that they were telling you this right to your face, right? Yeah. But the flip side of it is, which Steve and I see all the time, is that you'll go into these clubs and they will literally be swinging off your balls the entire weekend. Like, weekend's great. Numbers are great. Yeah. So happy to have you. Boom, boom, boom. You get back to L.A. on Monday. That guy was a dick. It was the slowest weekend we've ever had. He was a pain. Like yeah. I, I see it like all the time from people who go out and they, they're just swinging along throughout the weekend, waiting for you to leave. You know, I, I, uh, I, I, man, this is going to be so inside baseball. But like, I had, uh, I can't even talk about it because this is probably, but like, yes, I, so many. I didn't realize how many, how much people didn't like me until I started selling tickets, and then I went. Oh, sweet! I don't think you ever liked like, but I. But I. I've you mean really, executives or no, something? No, or uh, fucking across the board? You know what's so funny? Not comics though. I mean, no, I've comics. never I've always been cool with comics. I've, I've never, never come across a comic that's been like, birds of dick. But it's, I, 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 I laugh even saying it. It's like, <laughs> it, I know people. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take walking your car, burn. <laughs> like, like, uh, like, like. Seg- I'm be real honest. Yeah. Segura has not liked people and told them I don't fucking like you. Like there's a there's a very f- like famous story about a club he went to where he found out she, the manager was dating the guy that she hired to host and feature for him, and Segura found out and confronted them, and then told everyone I'll never work that fucking club again. Yeah. By the way, he was getting paid probably fifteen hundred bucks for the weekend. Yeah, I'm in my head going, 
what the fuck is wrong with you? Why, how do you have any fucking self-esteem to do that? Like, I would be like, oh, it's a great week, Vince and Morris. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> it was Vince Morris. <laughs> Vince is a nice guy, but Segura and him will never get along ever. Yeah. And, uh, and, it was, and I was like blown away that he had the balls to be like, fuck Toledo. And let yeah. me tell you something. That, that chain would probably give him 100% of the door if he duped Toledo now. Yeah. Like, he just would love to. And so it's really fun. Like, and then I, I just, I, I feel like, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, it, I, I don't know the right way to say it, but like, once you start selling tickets, then you realize, oh, I, like, I don't think they ever, like, they, didn't, they weren't my fr- family. Like, I was, I was invested so much in people. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, like, I can't, like uh, Doc ran the funny bone in, yeah. in Dayton. And I was like, we're close, we're buddies. And then he gets fired, and then right. I'm like, I'm like, I haven't spoken to him since. Right, and, but I, over, but yeah. I saw him every once a year. I saw him once a year. I'd hang out with him. I would go to fucking theme parks with his kids. Yeah, you know, it's like you remember you used to like like get in at the Hollywood Improv, and you'd be like, okay, cool, Matt Coman, the, we're buddies. Yeah, and and then he just leaves, and you're like, fuck, yeah, right. I gotta fucking become a new friend with somebody. Yeah, right. and then, uh, just and thank God Matt Coman now owns a bunch of clubs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's like. I don't know. I don't fucking. Well, I, my buddy Lee Levine has the greatest story. He he basically years and years ago uh, was good friends with Warren. Remember Warren, who used to run the Irvine Improv years ago. Yes, years ago he was the, one of the original managers that I remember. He got in with Warren, and Warren said, "Hey, listen, I want you to be our new house MC. I want you to run our comedy classes, all this other stuff. I just that that's my goal for you." Lee calls me up all stoked, this, that, and the other thing, and I was like, "Lee, I have bad news for you. I just found out Warren got fired for sexual harassment." And 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 not only that, they were bringing in Frank Kelly, who I was friends with, and I said, "I got even worse news for you. Frank wants me to do all that shit." Oh, <laughs> and then God. Frank so left. Frank and went leaves. To fucking love it. Love it. Yes. Yeah. And then thank God Dan stuck around. Like yeah. that. That's the uh, you know like Dan. Like Dan's my friend, but then. Like I, I would say that I would say that to the day's end. So I've known him so long. Yeah. But then, like New Year's Eve, I got I get this offer. I wish I could tell you the exact numbers. Yeah. I'll just say it. I, I can't even do fake. I'll say it like this, okay? So that they're not even no correlation. I get an offer to do Seattle for one dollar. It's not one dollar, but you right. know, one dollar. Right. But I'm only making fifty cents on the road, so I'm like, fuck. I, I, yeah, I don't mind. It's New Year's Eve, mind. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. New Year's Eve, I'll do it t- for ten. And so I go to a party. Aaron's. It was Aaron's. Uh, party for being at the improv for 20 years or right. something yeah. we're at the party we're all drinking and uh my manager's like and my manager agents are like you can get more for nears that's all i'm telling you and i was like i don't know i it seems like a solid offer so i see dan and as a friend i go dan what, what should i get for new year's like do you think one dollar is good and he'd go i give you five dollars i go you give me five dollars and he's like yeah that's what i'd pay you and i was like do you, do you have any openings and he was like yeah I got Oxnard. You want to do Oxnard? And I go for five dollars. He's like, "Fuck yeah!" I was like, "Great." I maybe made him fifty cents at the door. <laughs> like, that was when they papered it. They papered the whole fucking room. And I was just like, "Oh god!" I'm yeah. Sorry. As people are getting <laughs> their sorry, free Dan. tickets, they're like, "We still got to buy champagne." This is bullshit. <laughs> Dan, Dan's like, oh, "I guess we won't." And this one now, they're like, "Where do you want to do New Year's this year?" I was like, "But you uh, had that same scenario with one of the clubs, right? Where, where basically the offer many was times. so what." It disgustingly low, and you're like, I'll just stay home New Year's Eve, and all of a sudden they found the money. Oh yeah, that's like so, yeah, of course. Yeah. I've had the I've had exactly that happen where you feel bad because somebody's 
you know, somebody's paying you a, a great amount. And then I've had other times where, you know, you get lowballed, especially New Year's. And I was like, I'm not doing that. That's that's an insulting offer. I was like, I got to do it at least for twice that. And yeah. then they're See, like, I've never been that guy. I've always been like, oh, I'll do it for that. Yeah, I, I, I countered at twice and they go, all right. And it, was, it wasn't even like, you know, I'm going to walk away. It's just like I just countered. And they go, all right, sure. Right. It was that I, simple. I doubled it. It's crazy. So wait, who's your who's your manager now? Uh, Kara Baker. Who's that? Uh, she works with Avalon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you've also been confident to leave managers. I never had that. I've always been like, if they want me, I'll stay with them. Yeah, I just left. I, I left CAA after, um, you know, I, I you know when you're when you're a kid and you're young and you're coming up, you're like CAA. That's that's the best agency. And then you finally get there, you're like, fuck this shit. I just left. You Went to WME. I left them. Yeah. Um, right. So for all the people yeah. that are just like, oh my god, if CAA were my agency, I would have shit by the ass. And meanwhile, people are leaving them jumping ship just as quickly. Can I tell you my quickly. favorite CAA story? Yeah. So we're, we, I think we're, we were all at CAA mostly because of Frosty, right? Is that what, what brought you there? No, I actually left Frosty to go to CAA. And then Frosty and, – and, and it was it was when I got Sullivan and Son and I still gave him a cut of Sullivan and Son. I sent it to Frosty because I was like, you're a big part of helping me achieve this. Yeah. And I still gave him a cut. And uh, I was uh, – he was really like – like you know, appreciative of that because I, I always appreciated him. I love Frosty. Yeah. So, so I'm I am not happy at CAA. I'm I'm with there with them, and we do a we do a meeting like a horseshoe round shoe table meeting where you go via satellite to New York offices. We're there in the horseshoe. Yeah. And it's everyone can see each other. And uh, <clears throat> I get in there, and Frosty's with Matt Blake, and yeah. and Matt Blake and Frosty I think were in New York at the time. And uh, they're like, all right, well, everyone's here. This guy I went to college with, Tom Young's there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's an agent there. I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. This is my fucking team. Yeah. And I was like, all they got to do is not fuck this up. Like, not say something ridiculous. So this girl comes in. I don't know who, what her fucking name was. But she sits down. She's like, by the way, so this is my I, second season of Birth Conqueror. And I just signed a deal with Travel Channel. I was negotiating to sign a deal with Travel Channel to do for a three-year deal. This girl comes in and she goes, so, uh, all right, let's start it. And she goes, I think our number one goal is to get you on television this year. And I'm like, and I watch, and, but Frosty forgets he's on camera. Yeah. And he goes, oh, fuck. And then, and then leans over to Matt Blake and yeah. whispers in his ear, mention that Bert's on Travel Channel. And Matt goes, okay. Um, actually, oh, God. and I go, Frosty, I, we're going to see you. And he's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> And then she was like, and then and then this poor girl just fucking proceeded to create the biggest shit show I've ever been a part of, and I literally said, "I'm leaving CAA." Holy wow, shit. she fucked it up that bad. She was like, "Yeah, but you don't want to be on Travel Channel. Who wants to be on Travel Channel?" I go, well, "I do. I'm on there. I just yeah. I'm negotiating a three year deal." We're all hang on. Let's. I go. Should I tell you guys who I am? And you can just watch everyone scramble. No one knew anything about me. No one cared anything yeah. about me. They were like, it was like, fuck. Who was the girl? And they are your agents. And they were my agents. And they are your agents at the time. That's fucking And I was like, and I call, I got on, I got out of that meeting and Frosty was calling me immediately. He's like, dude, do, okay, I understand you have to fire CIA for acting. Do not fire us for touring. Fuck, you know I can do a great job. And I was like, and then I went into UTA and Chris Hart, who's like, they've got these, Alan Alderman and Halderman and Chris Hart, all these Max, all these guys that were like, kind of studs you're like yeah. fuck yeah and then the first thing he said was dude i love your fucking podcast and i went 
huh. I remember saying to the CIA, I had a podcast, and like, who cares about podcasting? And I was like, right now, I guarantee you they do. Yeah. I guarantee you they'd love a piece of my fucking money. So, by the way, I'm talking so much shit on this fucking podcast. I feel horrible, but <laughs> Frosty knows I love him, and I, lo- I love all those guys at CIA. But, but that, uh, that also comes with a tenure in this in this business. It's not like you're you're young and naive, and you're trying to be everybody's friend. It's just like, no, you've earned the right to go, you know what? I've I've made some great relationships. I've had some bad relationships, and there's nothing wrong talking about it. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, like you. I was shit. always shocked when you wanted to when you, you. I felt like you and Matt started the headway for him to leave Levity. Yeah, and then and then I didn't go, and then you're like, oh, I'm leaving, Matt. And I was like, ah, I was like, I wish I had that. I wish I had that. You yeah. have it. Segura has it. Like Burr has it. I've got this fucking like Gary and I probably have the same thing where we're like. Like just happy to be here. Like so excited yeah. I get to do stand up. Like yeah. it's it's a fuck it's a weakness I think. You know. I will say this. This is what's great. And I used to work with Mitch Fatel a lot too. And this is what's great about Steve. Like whenever they the club starts fucking me around. Like if I call and try to get information about the hotel or where I'm staying. Like if they start messing with me. Like Steve just jumps in and just takes care of it. Like just yeah. We were at Charlie Goodnights in yeah. Raleigh, and uh. the the manager. 22 year old didn't know what the hell she was doing didn't return one phone call it's like i'm not doing the open mic on wednesday like i'm working there this weekend and you know it's amazing to me just because they just don't care you know but but then you go that's, to these that's other- what that's what okay that is what that is what bums you out the, is i care so fucking much about my career yeah and just there are so many people that that really genuinely don't care the biggest problem i had with with producers that I worked with on Travel Channel often mm-hmm. was that a lot of them didn't really care. I mean, and by the way, I know a lot of them are listening to this, and it's not you, Dan, and it's not you, Paul, and it's not you. But but there's a lot of them that just – they didn't really care about television. You'd go, yeah. what shows do you watch? I'm like, I don't watch TV. And you're like, then you're, you shouldn't be allowed to make it. Yeah. Like if you don't watch TV, you shouldn't be allowed to make it because – that you should definitely be into television. Like I was into, I'm into television. Yeah, I like TV. Mm-hmm. I love podcasts. That's why I said when we we're talking about booking a podcast, I go, it's so hard because, like, no one would have ever in a million years said Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds would be two amazing guests. Yeah, they just would have been like, huh, what? Oh, they have a right. podcast. What, dude? They're the number one downloaded podcast I have. Yeah, the number one, and the other one is. Ari and Steve Renazizi are number – those two are the two most, most downloaded. Yeah. There will be a lot of people that will be like, huh, what? Mm-hmm. But, and that's, and, but the thing is I care. And like I really genuinely care. But, man, that drives me nuts. And that's the other thing that – I don't know. Is that people in comedy clubs who just don't give a fuck? But there's, there's yeah. I think, more of them that don't give a shit. Because, again, if you say to 10 comics, what are your favorite clubs – to work across the country, hilarities is always coming up. Yeah, uh, I mean that's it, why you go to Nick at, the Chicago in and yeah. or Tony Baldino in Chicago, and you're it, just like, oh, I this is what it's like to be a performer, right? Yeah, this is what it's like to be treated like you're in show business, and then all of a sudden the perception of that club changes, and you're like, I'm giving it 110 percent as yeah. opposed to maybe 95 percent in Toledo or whatever the fuck it is. But yeah, I mean, I. I'll always, I'll always care and I always want to do a show because those people work hard all week. You want to give them a great show. But sometimes the vibe in the club permeates from the manager down and you're just like, all right, you just got to fucking batter through this weekend and just hope for That's the best. That's what Todd made Todd Glass crazy was he'd go to clubs and they just didn't care. Yeah. And he'd be like, hold on, guys. You don't, you're not paying attention to what music you're playing before I go on stage? Like, in the, you just, what do you, like, play, like, 
And it's amazing those little attentions to details really change everything. Yeah. I got I, t- I when we were doing the last season of Triplip, I was like I was like, "Hey, guys, I'll tell you what. You'll get to do everything I'm going to do." Cuz like we you know, we'd like and I said, "So find stuff you want to do." Like I'd say that to the producers. "What do you want to do?" And like there was a, a a lot like a handful of our producers on that show that fucking really gave a shit. Yeah. They're like, fuck, man, I want to go swimming with great white sharks. And they're like, then fucking find the best one because you'll get to do it. I'll, I'll tell you what. We'll shoot until we got it. And then everyone in the crew gets to do everything that, that we're doing. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, everyone gave a shit. They're like, oh, fuck. That, let's definitely fucking – I want to go uh, bungee jumping. I want to go jumping off the world's tallest mountain. Yeah. Like, And so – I don't know. I, I, inspi- I, I got in trouble at my school, my daughter's school, because uh, I was a safety valet, and these people parked illegally, and I yelled at them, and one they were both teachers, and then they started crying, and then the principal came to me and said, <laughs> hey, we got to find a new way to do this. And the teachers were there, and, and I literally was like, I told her, I go, hey, ladies, I can stop caring about where you park a lot faster than I can make you care. So I just don't, I won't ever help again. Fuck you. And I yeah. walked away. And I was right. like, "That way to go, way to go, dummy." That principal <laughs> got fired, and then fucking the other two ones apologized to me. And they're like, "Yeah, that was I shouldn't park in handicap spots." Oh, yeah, fuck. but we always, Steve and I always say this every time you go to a club that you haven't been to in a year. It's always a different staff. I mean, it's very rare that it's the same manager. Always. You know, I mean, it's 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 different people all the time. And Steve knows one of my biggest pet peeves, which drives me up a fucking wall, is when they bring me up from the back. The, the the sound guy and it's the worst fucking intro it's like how am i supposed to get excited about going on right now and yeah. like it really it drives me i mean steve and i've seen it so many times where you're like that's the energy you're throwing behind this shit Dude. you know what i mean it's awful it's it's uh i had a girl that featured for me or hosted for me at a college and she was so nervous and she was like okay okay before i before i go up there it's kreischer right and i went yeah and she goes, Kreischer, 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 Kreischer. No end, no end, right? I said, no, there's no end. Kreischer. Okay, okay, great. So then she goes up, she does her stuff. She's like, all right, you guys ready to hit, do, put your hands for the man of the hour? You guys know him, you love him. Put your hands together for Brent Kreischer. <laughs> I was like, fuck. A buddy of mine years ago when I started doing stand-up in San Francisco, he worked with Zach Galifianakis, and that guy couldn't have butchered Zach's name six different ways every show. Zach Galifianakis, like every show, he fucked it up and just couldn't. And Zach I remember, tuberculosis. <laughs> he finally got it right, and he was so fucking excited. It was like a little kid. I was so bad at fucking hosting when we – like when I – I'd hosted the Hollywood Improv. I could, to this day, I have a hard time remembering. I hosted at the store the other night for uh, Ari's show, and I fucking could not say the girl's name. Yeah. She, she told it to me five times, and as soon as I was like, keep it going for Lonnie Love. Steve and I are baffled about this, and maybe you have an opinion about this. I, I find so many guys that live in LA, so many comics that work the road, their features, they, you know, maybe headline C clubs around the country. I am baffled how people make a living in L.A. and survive because I, I know what I make, and and I, I I'm certainly we're renting an apartment. Like I just don't know I can't, how I the can't, hell people do it. I can't believe when I look at the cars people have. I go, I always go like, how do you afford that? Like like like, the, it's so funny. I think there's also like. Then you go to the store and you see someone who's like not doing the road or not doing television. Yeah, and nice car. I go wait. How do you make your money? Like yeah, like that. 
fucking blows me away. Like my gardener and my maid both went to Hawaii this this past Christmas. What are you paying them? That's what I said. <laughs> That's what I fucking said. Gary wants to know if he can be your gardener. <laughs> I can double dip. My yeah. gardener's been gone all month. My bar- gardener's been gone all month. He's in fa- fucking Hawaii for a month. Really? And by the way, he doesn't even do a fucking good job. We fired our old one because he, <laughs> he was old as shit and he was yeah. just bad. And then this one. <sighs> but I'm just, I'm literally, I always look around at like buddies of mine that just work once a month maybe. They're, you know, working BNC rooms. I'm like, I know what my rent is. I know what my car, like, how do you guys do it? How do you pull it together? Because especially what, in this city. I'm always, I'm always fascinated. Like, I would love to know. By the way, Colin Yost is an interesting guy because you were with him in Montreal one year. And you were sitting talking to him. And then you were like, hey, Bert. And I came over and I think he was like, hi, how you doing? And I was like, how does Steve know the guy from SNL? And you're like, and then, and then you just said he used to feature for you. Yeah. Yeah, Something. I met him. Years ago, Neil Brennan, when Colin was just a staff writer, Neil was friends with Colin because Neil's always hanging out with everybody. Yeah. And uh, Colin's like, yeah, I'm looking to do more stand-up. I'm like, you can do the road with me if you want. He goes, really? I gave him some dates the next day. Next thing I know, we're in West Palm or, uh, or uh, Fort Lauderdale at the Hard Rock. Greatest time. Kid's great. Works hard. And then every... Uh, for, I think for three summers when, during hi, his hiatus on SNL, he'd come and open for me. And then he got, you know, each year, you know, then he got uh, the head writer's gig. And then the minute he got, uh, he got update, he was like, all right, we're not, you're not opening for me anymore. <laughs> right. Congratulations. Yeah. But couldn't be a nicer guy. Like works his ass off. And he was part of your special writing. in New York. The one before the one. Yeah. The champ- champion. Yeah. He, uh, he actually opened up and did time. And it was just before. He was about to do because I taped it like January second, yep. And his first week on SNL was like the next That's week. That's right, really. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. Well, let's talk about your special. I know you got to you got to run out of here to go to play hockey. Yeah, right? I'm playing hockey, but it's a playoff game. Otherwise, I I, I would just stay. But um, what uh, Gary? Can you hang or do you have to leave too? I'll probably go. Okay. All right. Cool. So <laughs> <laughs> no, <'cause I> can... <laughs> he's got to start gardening. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so this the special airs this Saturday night. Friday night, Friday 9 night. o'clock Eastern. 11 uh, o'clock? 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock? Yeah. Mine was at 11 o'clock. Was it really? I think it was at 10 o'clock, actually. Oh. It was 11, 11 to 10 p.m. Okay. Uh, I don't know. 9 o'clock? 9 o'clock. Tell good. the damn That's joke. really good. Yeah. So pretty pumped about it. Uh, Gary opened. Yeah, I got to do the warm-up for it. Did the warm-up for yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt like it's a little nice niche. I've been doing a lot of... I, I don't have my own special, but I've done warm up for a bunch of other specials, which has been great. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's not bad. It's a good gig. But yeah. Did they did they record you at all? I don't think so. They I think should you have. Get it. They should yeah, have yeah. just recorded you doing. I that. asked. I asked Schuler to record everybody's sets since the cameras are there and everything. Yeah. And then uh, a week after, I'm like, hey, can we email the clips to all the guys? Because it was you and then oh, right. Gareth Reynolds open and Bill Crawford and Bill Crawford did the second one. And where did I, you shoot it? In uh, Chicago. Okay. At Lincoln Hall. And I said, can you guys send them the clips? And they go, oh, we meant to tell you we didn't do it. We forgot to. I'm like, how the fuck did you forget to just turn the cameras on and just film these guys and give them a great tape? Right. I mean, it would have been a great tape. Four cameras. Yeah. You know, it would have been awesome. They just but, double punched. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've double punched a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it really it, – it looked it looked great. I remember when we were setting it up in the afternoon when you were kind of doing the run-throughs – it, it just like 
it seemed like you're like, is this going to come together? Like, it's just like you walked in and it looked like somebody was just moving into a house. Like, yeah. shit was everywhere. There were chairs everywhere. Just like, you know, nothing was done. And then we literally came back like four hours and like, you know, people were being sat. The lights were down. Uh, the lights were on. The backdrop. I was like, oh, wow, this looks great. But the end, the, the end bit is different than most stand-up like our specials it's a different ending um i had like a a blowjob joke that fucking killed and i was it was my closer but as we're getting closer like my mom and dad are introducing me and my brother i talk so much about my wife the back half is all these lessons i want to instill upon my children as they grow older and like advice to younger people from somebody who's 40 to somebody who's 20 and it was like it was like a really sweet kind of like and then i was like Am I just going to end this on a blowjob joke because it kills? And so a month out, I worked on the ending bit, and it wasn't until the third week it worked. And then I had two weeks to really hone down on it and memorize it, but it was still so raw. And it was – it really is a message to my children that I got emotional before we uh, – before I launched into it. And in the hour, I got emotional. And I, I cracked for a second because it was, it was really raw. It was really earnest, and I really – was seeing my children as I'm launching into this and um and I cracked and we we almost took it out but I said keep it in because it's it's an authentic moment and it's something you don't see in most stand-up specials and if comics watch it I know I'll get crucified for it but it's like fuck it I'm talking about my kids yeah I do get emotional about my kids so uh I really love it and and this kid uh Jemiah who plays guitar he opened up for me he's a blues guitarist so he opens uh, he's the music that bleeds into it and he's he's like this 17 year old kid he's this blues prodigy and just shreds and then when we were getting there I was like why don't we have Jemiah Rogers do music underneath this last bit and so we rehearsed it that day at the taping Holy and shit. I said Jemiah can we try this out he said yeah so we talked it out I did it once he played guitar Schuler was on the stage with us he goes I wouldn't do it I go, okay. And then he goes, but you know what? Hold on. I'm on stage. Let me hear it. Let me go to the back of the room. So he goes to the back of the room. He watches it. I go, Jemiah, would you mind do it again? He goes, fuck yeah. So we, we do it. And then as soon as it ended, Shuler goes, absolutely. You got to do it. You got to really? do it, Jemiah. So the, the, the actual taping, when you see it, it's only the third time we ever did it. I mean, technically, it's kind of like the first time because it was in front of an audience and stuff. So it it's just one of those things where I felt like, it kind of came together. I don't want to t- tell what it is, but it's a, it's like a message for my kids. I you know, I hope uh, I hope it goes over well. We'll see. I don't know. I would have rather heard the blowjob joke. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I I want to do it. But by the way, I'm, I'm, I get I get teared up in my blowjob jokes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one, guys. Where'd you shoot yours? Your in special? Irvine, Irvine, and, Irvine. And the thing that I I uh, didn't realize mm-hmm. was uh, I didn't realize that my kids would see it one day. I've just recorded it, and there's, like, I talk about my wife farting during oral sex. Like, I'm fucking no concept, no wherewithal to be like, yeah, one day my kids are going to be like, (laughs) right. Well, that's what, in in my special, I was very aware of it. That's why I didn't end on the thing I I was going to end. But I I mentioned something in it of, like, one day, five years from now, my daughter's going to be in junior high school, and she's going to see her dad, like, you know, jerking off all these guys. It's like, that's my dad. He's at work. It's like, what's he doing? He's blowing in fucking guys and getting butt fucked. He's working. It's like, my last hour, I made fun of my daughters nonstop. Yeah. I just, about how dumb they are, and I'm still doing it. My new stuff's all about how fucking stupid they are. Yeah. But 
there, I, I showed it to Georgia. I showed mm-hmm. her the bit about Isla, about Isla put her finger in the ass, put it in the dog's mouth. Yeah. And Georgia's howling, laughing, and she's like, oh, my God, Dad, is, are you going to let Isla see this? And I was like, no, no, no. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But that's great, though. It also provides – because I think you come from a place of love. I mean yeah. I think there's some comics that come from a place where they are jaded and they're a little disturbed. But I, I just knowing you, and I, I think that's going to provide a great time capsule for your daughters – 20, 30 years from now, she'll be able to show her kids that yeah. and go, Grandpa was fucking awesome. Check this shit out. Do you know what I did for Isla today? She was homesick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started reading Mitch Hedberg jokes to her. Oh, dude. And she was howling fucking That's great. laughing. She was like, wait, he does what you do? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, a little better, but yeah. <laughs> I was like, kind of. Yeah, but uh, but that's awesome, man. I'm really uh, I'm really excited to see it. Well, thank you, man. My, thank you so much for here. having us. By the oh, way, too, I really appreciate it. It's, no, it's it. great to finally get down here. Yeah, yeah. anytime. I mean, you know, uh, if you guys ever want to do this, anytime, just call me. The, these are always good for me because it's it's a effortless. Well, I think the next time we do it, we should. Uh, I'll Uber here. Yeah. If I didn't oh, have a hockey go. game, I, I would go. do it. But I think me, you, and maybe we get Gareth down here, oh, and we just great. have like yeah. We just we yeah, just yeah, go yeah. for it, yeah. Oh, that's I'm in for that. Sure. Yeah, no, I meant Gareth will sit there. Oh, me, Bert, and Gareth. Right. Can my dog come though? <laughs> Fuck He'll it. be gardening. Jesus. Can I bring my dog? He, he texted me. He goes, "Do you have a backyard?" And in my head, I was like, "Who doesn't have a fucking backyard?" Me? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't realize that as he said that. I said to my wife, "I go." He asked if I have a fucking backyard. What is he? Yeah. She was like, "He probably is bringing a dog." And I went. Oh, did she know that immediately? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and so then she, I said, "Yeah, I have a backyard and a front yard." <laughs> You're like, "That's a weird question." <laughs> yeah, and then he was like, "My dog has separation anxiety." Yeah, so I totally. And I new. go, I go, I go. We should uh, introduce the two dogs on a play in the backyard. And Aunt Leanne goes, "You're going to introduce do- Le- Priscilla to a dog with separation anxiety." She's like. Horrible yeah. fucking idea. Oh, that's funny. And so I was like, oh, good call. Good call. She's By like, the way, I just want to mention a really quick story about you. Like one of the first times you and I ever worked together years ago at the Tampa Improv, I was checking in somewhere or I ran into somebody and I said I was working at the Improv. They asked me with who and I said you. And the mother said my daughter is a big fan of his and all of his work on the Travel Channel. The, the girl was like a 13-year-old girl. And um, I remember texting you, and you said, hey, bring them over to the hotel. I'll say hi to them. And you were staying like right up the street. Yeah. And I remember you went over there, or they came over to see you, and you must have spent a half an hour with them. Oh, dude, like, that was, nice, I remember really? that. Uh, I remember that clear as day. That's back when that shit mattered to me. <laughs> <laughs> see if they could get me now. <laughs> I got fired from Travel Channel fuckers three times. Five times yeah, total. Get, yeah, five. But I remember the girl was like, why is he staying at a Red Roof Inn? Yeah. <laughs> Gary, chugging a bird. Shut the fuck up. Why is he staying at a Red Roof Inn? Like some girl this, this week gave me a hug and she goes, woo. You smell like I thought you'd smell. Like, I'm like I'm interesting. That's funny. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. So the special is this Friday at ten at nine p.m. nine p.m. on Showtime. It's called Tell the Joke. Tell the damn joke. Yeah. Tell the damn joke. His name is Steve Byrne. He's one of my favorite human beings in the world. And his co-host is some guy named Gary. <laughs> An acquaintance of Steve's. Acquaintance. Yeah. Who did Last Call with Carson Daly back in two thousand eight? Yeah. <laughs> 
was your last credit? That's my credit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I actually did live at Gotham twice, and I did the exact he same the set exact four same years set. apart. Four years apart. Four years apart, you live at Gotham, because I didn't have any new set. stuff. And I didn't want to ask them if I could do the same stuff, because I knew that they would say no. We just, what we just the, did what it. Was the one time, what was the one time we worked <laughs> together, and some guy came out, and he was like, uh, you're the Coles guy. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix. Phoenix. And you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, the Coles yeah. guy. Ralphie used to burn my ass about that. He, the guy would come up to me and be like, hey, you called me Coles back in 2003. Yeah. Ralphie's like, would you write a fucking Joe Cannon? <laughs> <laughs> you're the Coles guy. You're the Coles guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks, Bert. Thank you, Bert. Good luck in your uh, game tonight. Thank you, buddy. All right. All right, guys. That was the podcast. I am here with my wife. No, I guess the podcast is still going. We're going. We're talking black sales. Black sales. Can you do it? Yes. What do you want to say? I'm upset. Why? Because I did not like that finale. Talk a little louder, maybe. I did not like that finale. I was very disappointed. We've clearly we haven't podcasted about black sales for over a month since before yeah. we went to London. So there are many, many, many things have happened in many episodes since we last talked about it on the podcast. And it's gotten good. A lot of it was really great. And then the series finale happened. And, and it you were was not happy. Not, you were pissed. Not happy. I was fucking lame. It was great. It was great because it was great because the buildup was was uh you got to know you got to know the complicated relationship between John Silver and Captain Flint Flint and you found out that you that one like there it was just a chess match of watching the two and then Flint stole the treasure and then it was just going on and on and on and then and so everyone by the way everyone sent me posts like Bert you know this is all about gay pirates right and I was like yeah I know that I've been watching the show for a while <laughs> well the the problem that I had was if this is a prequel to Treasure Island right when they show up again in Treasure Island, they're all in kind of bad shape. So I kind of wanted them left in bad shape. And the, and the only thing we didn't know, we in Treasure Island, it's assumed that Captain Flint is dead, right? But <clears throat> I kind of wanted him to be dead. By the way, Cap- Captain Flint's not dead. It's Boys Weekend. Boys Weekend every weekend. I kind of, okay, I will tell you, I liked, so Captain Flint, just so you know, big time spoiler alert. I can't imagine that you're still listening to this if you've never watched Black Sails. But if you're just like sitting on a plane going, you know what? I'm now just tell me it all. Captain Flint was the world was the worst pirate, and the reason he was is because he just wanted to fucking die. He just he had been in love with a dude. He's not the worst pirate. He was the best. That's what I meant. Like the you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. What you call the worst. Like this is the worst the diarrhea. That means it's like the worst diarrhea you've ever had. So. <laughs> That's not how I would have used that phrase, but whatever. I think you've been drinking and I haven't. I think uh, no, you just whatever. Disagree. So the reason was because he fell in love with the dude. And that was played out until like season two, season three. Season two. You, you figured it out and you're like, whoa. And it kind of changed everything. And then you realized, oh, he'll never rest. He just wants to go and wreak havoc because they killed his boyfriend. That and he had nothing to live for. So he, he had, had nothing, nothing to, to lose. For. Yeah, nothing to lose, nothing to live for. That's why he was the greatest pirate that there was around, and he was angry, and really angry because they took his dude from him, and then they took his woman from him, and then he got even more angry. They killed his woman. By the way, that was like fucking how to end a show. It was crazy. God, that was like the fucking highlight. Season two was amazing. How many seasons did they do? Three, three, three seasons. So, 
Season three was okay. They started the episode off with like this, like, what the fuck? Who's this guy? Why is he there? What's going on? It's I'm getting chill bumps because I did think this was kind of cool. Turns out that John Silver, instead of killing Flint, realized if he found Flint's boyfriend, he could just send him to prison with his boyfriend and they'd be together and happy. Well, hold on. Flint thought his boyfriend was killed. Yeah, but he was wrong. But he was wrong because I guess back in the day, according to this story, there was a plantation. They sent people like... His boyfriend, Thomas, who was gay. Ashamed of their family. The family was ashamed. Yes. uh, They sent them to this plantation where they just worked and they never left the plantation. Yeah. And so Silver found out that Thomas, his boyfriend, was at this plantation. So he had planned on capturing Flint and then sending him to the plantation so he could be with Thomas. And this is Which I thought was lame. No, you didn't. He's a fucking pirate. He should have been dead. It yeah. was so lame. I know he was. He ran and like saw Thomas and was like, "Oh my god!" And then they embraced and then they kissed in the middle of a plantation in seventeen fucking whatever. It was. I was like, that would never happen, and that is so lame. And I was so mad. And then everybody's storyline got tied up with a bow and presented on a silver tray. And they're fucking pirates. The only person that got what they, what you like, the prerequisite prerequisite to Treasure Island is Billy Bones. Yeah. He's the only one. That Billy had Bones any fell off con- a boat. He fell off a boat and he went back to Skeleton Island and he was stranded there. And in Treasure Island, he talks about having been stranded there with other pirates and they were eating each other and some of them died there. They didn't show any of that. Like, they, there were no other pirates there besides Billy Bones. But Billy ended up on Skeleton Island, which is exactly where he says he was in Treasure Island. No, There's okay. no fucking woman that John Silver's in love with in Treasure Island. I don't care that it necessarily matches. By the way, by the way, wait, did she live in this? What do you mean, does she live? No, she lived. His girlfriend. Did you fall asleep? No. No. Did you fall asleep at like 30 minutes in? Yes, he yeah, found her. I know. That's what I just, why can't you just say yes? Yeah, yeah, she found her. He found her in the in the galley. Found her. I think Billy Bones should have killed her. I think Billy Bones should have killed her too, because that would have made more sense. And I think John Silver should have killed Flint and left him dead on Skeleton Island. And then I would have felt like it was a real. It would. It would have. It, it felt real. It felt so contrived. I was so angry and disappointed and sad. And Jonathan, I'm mad about it. Jonathan is the creator of Black Sails, who. Probably isn't listening to this. I'm sure not. But, but if he is. I was really, really upset and disappointed and a little bit heartbroken because I love that show. Uh, it was such a great show. And it was a great show up until I, the only thing, Leanne, got, you got turned off when they started kissing in the field. That's the same I have reason. no problem with gay men kissing. Yeah, but it's, it's just no if it problem. doesn't fit the story. It was so against the story. It was against the the whole story. It just made me so upset. It was against the time period. That would have never happened like that. I don't care if they've been separated and I thought you were dead. That's not the way. It would never have happened. I don't believe it would have ever happened like that. Well, that's the reason I had a hard time with Grease Live. I never saw Grease Live. Oh, Grease Live. Remember I kept going like, wait, there's black greasers? Yeah. Like, how come no one's saying like, how progressive is this school that black kids and white kids are making out in the 50s in the hallways and no one's got a fire hose sprayed at them? 
Like yeah. it's just when it when it when a story changes to today's standards. Well, it asks you to suspend your disbelief to the point where it is not possible to suspend it. Yeah. That's when it gets ruined. I could not suspend my disbelief when he saw Thomas and they embraced like hand behind the head, romantic kissing with not any awareness that he's on a fucking plantation. He's going to get his ass whipped with a whip in two seconds. The kind of, the kind of writing I liked is when Bain, Charles Vane died. Incredible. When Charles Vane died, I was like, fuck. And when they when, killed Miranda. And when, they, and when they said, let's give him a reason to be afraid of us. I was like, fuck, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I was looking for in the ending of this. Me I was, too. I was I looking was... for like a big dick swinging moment. It's a, it's a fantasy. We're fucking, we're little boys watching pirates. Yeah, I wanted a to be continued. I wanted to be left with, wait a minute, what happened? Or I know where they end up in Treasure Island. How do they get from here to there? Yeah. I didn't feel that way. I felt like tidy and tidy and clean and not at all pirate-like. I was very disappointed. I know you were. And I, and I, I, was, I wasn't as disappointed, but I, I was bummed that we – it was like the ending of Lost. You know, what, here's the other thing, though. What do you expect? Same, same reaction at the end of Lost. Do you remember? Yeah. Really let down. That was our show. Yeah. And freaking – we're like, huh? What? Ah, they're in purgatory? That's stupid. I don't even want I don't even like the show now. It that ruined really it. Bummed, Lost was such a great fucking show. Yes, it was. Um, and it, you know, it didn't match up. Like, I mean, it doesn't hold up to my 600 pound life, which is now Isla's cooking <laughs> show. Shut up. Or main cabin or whatever. Main cabin. Main <laughs> cabin builders. Isla's, off the a, grid builders. That's what it is. Off the grid builders and my 600 pound life. <laughs> What a fucking meathead. So what's our next show going to be? Game, it's of gonna be Game of Thrones. Does it come out till like July now? Um I don't know. That's a great that's a great point, guys. If you're still listening, then that is you are the one percenters. So let's decide a show together that we can all watch and Leanne and I'll do well, our Well, no, I got to be interested in it. I can't watch some shit show that every single week I go that was a waste of my time. So I don't know if I if I want like a general consensus in choosing my entertainment time because it's limited at best. Okay. So. Well, we're not going to do feud. No, we're not doing That's feud one of our shows. or Big Little Lies or well, anything. Is Big chick Little stuff? Yeah, no chick stuff. Cause we're going to lose. I know. I don't know. Cotty told me like the best show ever she's ever seen is Friday Night Lights, ever really? in her whole life. Was Friday Night Lights. Really? Yep. I've never seen it, but she has told me four years now that we should watch that show. My earrings are really infected. We could do Bloodline. We could do... You haven't watched any more Bloodline, have you? I haven't. Um, what's another good one that... Yeah, I'm not into that Kevin Spacey show, House of Cards. I tried that. I can't get into that. I had someone... Someone was like, are you interested in... Uh Dancing with the Stars? And I was like, not no. in the slightest. That's what I mean. If someone says, hey, let's talk about Dancing with the Stars, I might stab myself in the neck. I can't do that. All right. Well, we'll figure out the show. I'll take some uh, insights. Just put it as say, like, have you guys seen this? It's really great. And then if we haven't seen it, we'll check it out. By the way, this main, this off-the-grid builders. You guys stop watching TV while you're on the podcast. It's really, You're really distracted. I'm, am I? Yeah. No. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Are we finished talking about Black Sales? Are so. you finished? Yeah, I've said think, my piece. I think you are. I'm sad. That's okay. 
Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Watch Steve Burns' podcast uh, or watch Steve Burns' hour special. And uh, I love you with all my heart, Leanne. I love you too, baby doll. Oh, don't do that. I got to sound tough. <laughs> Suck a dick. Baby doll. Love it. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.